We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Knicks Film School pregame show. My name is Andrew Claudio, a.k.a. GMAC, and it's time to preview the Knicks matchup against the Washington Wizards. The post-All-Star break life has begun for us here in Knicks land, and the Knicks begin it in the nation's capital. What better place than the, the capital of the U.S. to do anything, really? Right? Right? That's what we all feel? Passionate about the things in that nature. I got this is a, this is going to turn into a completely different podcast if I don't start talking about basketball. Um, shout out to the Knicks for making this season so enjoyable that I'm actually looking forward to this game against the Washington Wizards. Although, don't be deceived by their 28 and 30 record. As Chase Hughes, my guest for today, who is from NBC Sports Washington and covers the team on a day to day basis. Uh, as he will tell you, this is a much better Washington Wizards team than advertised by their record. Uh, in their last 14 games, they are 10 and 4. They are third in net rating, second in offense. Uh, they are 17 and 10 in their last 27 games. And when they're healthy, they are a decent team. Might actually be closer to where the Knicks are in the standings than where they are currently. And this is the injury bug that. Uh, probably will dominate the headlines for the next couple hours before the game starts. Um, Bradley Beal is questionable for this game. He did not practice this week. He tweaked uh, his knee in the fourth quarter of their last game before the break against Minnesota. And then you add in the Knicks maybe getting some help back. Mitch Robinson has been upgraded to questionable after going full contact in practice over the last two days. So we'll see how this game goes. We've been through all of the connections with the Wizards throughout the season. Another reunion with Mr. Porzingis uh, in this matchup in D.C. Hopefully it's a fun one. Here is a preview of the Knicks matchup against the Washington Wizards with Chase Hughes of NBC Sports Washington. Enjoy. Joining me now on the Knicks edition of the Knicks Film School pregame show with the second half of the season about to begin with the Knicks headed down to the nation's capital. It made sense to go get another guest from the nation's capital as the Knicks play the Wizards for the final time this season. And joining me from NBC Sports Washington, he comes highly recommended from the man, the myth, the legend known as Fred Katz. Uh, it's Mr. Chase Hughes. Chase, thank you for joining me. 
Thank you for having me. I appreciate uh, the kind words from Fred. Maybe I'll have to put him as a reference on my resume. I listen. The 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 Fred Katz endorsement I've heard has gone a long way. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to it one day paying dividends and myself personally, and not just you know getting someone as talented as yourself on a pod in the future. Um, but thank you, Fred, as always for these <laughs> DC hookups that you continue to to help me out with. Um, speaking of DC and the the team that you cover, the Washington Wizards. I'm really happy I can get someone like yourself with some access to the team that um, might have a, a little more knowledge and help me figure out what this team is. Because so I, I had uh, I had Ava Wallace on the last time, and it was before the trade deadline, where the assumption was that Kuzma was going to get traded. There was no guarantee of what Porzingis or even Bradley Beal might be because both were struggling with their injuries. And like we should mention, as of this moment, it's about 10 a.m. on Friday. Uh, Bradley Beal is questionable for tonight. So we'll see. He didn't practice this week. We'll see if he actually plays in this game against the Knicks tonight. But just generally with the team and the vibes of the current roster is how are they how are they feeling about the direction of the franchise? Like you could specifically this season and is are we going all in for the play-in or even potentially if they I know they've played better but potentially even the playoffs or will the injuries kind of dictate how the direction of the franchise goes well the vibes are pretty good right now because they've won uh 10 of 14 going into the all-star break if you go back 27 games uh which is uh back to when they won a game in phoenix against the suns and in that game uh, Wes Unsell Jr. put Daniel Gafford into the starting lineup. So it was kind of a, a, a turning point for their season. They're 17 and 10 in their last 27 games, and that's mm. a third of a season. That's as close as you can get to a third of 82 games. Um, over that stretch, they've had the sixth best net rating. So they've been legitimately good for about a third of a season. But injuries have really told the story of this team this year. They've been incredibly streaky. They had a 10-game losing streak right before that point when they put Daniel Gafford in the starting lineup, and that was their longest losing streak in 10 years. And back then, 10 years ago, they were tanking. like They were in the middle of a rebuild. They were about to draft uh, Otto Porter Jr. third overall. They had just taken Bradley Beal third overall, so it was completely different motives and expectations back then. Um, But this season, they've also had two winning streaks of five games or more, and Um, It's very unusual if you look at teams that have lost 10 straight games in a season and also had five straight wins in a season. The Wizards have had uh, 10 straight losses, um, I think it's seven times in their franchise history, and never before have they had a single winning streak of five games or more, and they've had two this year. So it's been a really unusual year, and it's all been about injuries, and that's why I thought you know, maybe at the trade deadline, if they were serious about making the playoffs, they would do something to try to shore up their depth and you know, make it so that they their their floor was a little bit higher in case they did encounter injuries again. But they haven't had injuries recently. They've been healthy, and so they've been winning games. So to relate this to the Knicks, the ten and four stretch that you just referenced, um, ironically started with a victory over the New York Knicks. That game at Madison Square Garden, um, that was kind of an inflection point for the Knicks as well. That's the day that Mitchell Robinson left the game with an injury and has not since returned. Potentially could return tonight in Washington. Um, we'll see how that goes. He's been upgraded to questionable. He's been a full full contact uh, participant in practices so far this week. Um, but to your point. 
third in offense, third in net, uh, second in offense, third in net rating over those past 14 games. And then, as you also mentioned, going back even further, the the stretch um, even more so uh, has shown that they've been playing good ball. So this is we had to, we had we had to explain the magic a couple of weeks ago, and they also have a stretch. I think it's 19 and 14 over the last 33 games. And that's why you can't really look at the record to how the team is playing. And I wonder going into the final, however, I, I believe it's 24 games remaining for the, the Washington Wizards. Um, what the goal you would foresee is, is it, is it just get through the, the, keep that stretch going. And then we go into the next, into the off season with the Kuzma decision. And then obviously the Porzingis decision with the confidence of this is what this team can be over an 82 game stretch. Or is there other things that they're looking to find out about this team? I think it's make the playoffs. I think if they make the playoffs this year, especially if they have a winning record, then they would see that as a step forward. Maybe not like a substantial step forward where all of a sudden they're con- uh, legitimate title contenders, but it would be a step forward. And I think it's something that they would go into the offseason and try to build off of. You know, they haven't had a winning record in five years. They made mm-hmm. the playoffs a couple of years ago with Russell Westbrook that got bounced pretty easily in the first round by the 76ers. But of course, they weren't in the playoffs last year. So if they got into the playoffs this year, um, I think they would go into the offseason and potentially have more first round picks to to play with in terms of trades, because um, actually the Knicks own their first round pick this year they and it's do. lottery protected. Okay. So um, I've been kind of fascinated by which way the Wizards might prefer to go on that, because if you do have that pick convey this year, obviously it'll be a first round pick. Technically, that's not the best case scenario for that draft pick, because If you look ahead like four years from now, it could potentially be two second round picks, not a first round pick. But then it frees up a lot of first round picks in the next few years that, you know, maybe you could just be bigger uh, players in the trade market. If a star did become available, if you have the salary to match, all of a sudden you could toss in two or three first round picks or maybe more and really go for it. So um, that's definitely something to keep in the back of, I think, every Wizards fan's mind as they watch the rest of this season. And I I do think that the Wizards have a good chance of making the playoffs. You know, right now um, they're ninth in the East. They're only a half game behind uh, the Atlanta Hawks, who are in eighth. But they've got the most home games remaining in the NBA. They've played a lot of road games so far. And they've also got a pretty manageable schedule because they've played a difficult schedule so far in terms of opponent win percentage. And they're healthy and they're 17 and 10 in their last 27 games. So there's just a lot of uh, things that would suggest that uh, they have a good chance of making the playoffs. But you mentioned the Bradley Beal injury. I think that's a reminder that um, it, it wouldn't take much potentially to get them back to where they were uh, you know, a couple months ago. So they need to stay healthy. I think that's the biggest thing that will determine whether they make the playoffs. We've joked about a scenario where the Knicks play the Wizards in not the first play-in game, but the second play-in game. So like the 8-9 matchup. <laughs> and the scenario of a win and the Knicks make the playoffs or because they traded a, the the lottery protected pick of their own to Portland. So if the Knicks end up in the lottery, they keep their pick. And if the Wizards win that game, the Knicks end up with an additional pick because then it would convert this year. So it's a difference between the Knicks making the playoffs or getting three first round picks this year because Dallas also the Knicks have their pick top 10 protected. Um, Look, I I take the Wizards seriously. I think the the 
Porzingis story of it all. And there's obviously the New York connection. And I spent the last two times that explained the Wizards talking almost solely about Porzingis and his ties to New York and, and obviously the history that exists there. I guess the only question I have is as far as like your, your interactions with them is like your personal uh, uh, projection of what, what will his future will look like? Will he stay in DC long-term? Do you think? I think so. Um, I think the wizards really like him and they're very happy with how that trade has worked out for them. And I think he really likes playing here. Um, you know, he said a lot about uh, why he liked the fit on the court and off the court immediately as he got here about how it was much closer to home than Dallas, uh, you know, being on the East coast, he can fly to Latvia and, and cut a few hours off of that flight. Um, he really likes the opportunity that he has here. He thinks he fits pretty well next to Bradley Beal and Kyle Kuzma. And when the Wizards are serious about keeping someone, they're serious about keeping someone. I think that's why I wasn't surprised that they didn't trade or really even entertain trade offers with Kyle Kuzma because they've done this before with guys that they highlight that they want to keep. Um, you know, they they don't even really listen to offers and they they pay what it takes to keep them. So um, with with uh, Chris Porzingis, it's interesting because he's got the player option after this season. It's worth thirty six million dollars for next year. It's not as open and shut as Kyle Kuzma, who, you know, the moment he was traded here, everyone could see that he was going to be declining his option because it's only worth 13 million. But with Chris Porzingis, I've had some you know people around the league point out that, you know, it, it would be a little bit risky, you could argue, for him to come back next year on that player option. It's a lot of money, 36 million. But this year, as long as he stays healthy, you know, it could be good timing for him to decline that and uh, try to re-up on a longer term deal. And, you know, I talked to Tommy Shepard the day of the trade deadline and he brought it up and, um, you know, he kind of mentioned, you know, if slash when, you know, Porzingis opts out of that. We, we'd like to make him a priority to keep. And I, I don't want to put words in his mouth and say that he expects him to opt out, but it sounded like at a minimum, uh, he wouldn't be surprised if Porzingis did opt out of that. So the Wizards could have two pretty big contracts to negotiate this summer with Kuzma and Porzingis if they both indeed do opt out. Do you foresee both staying? I do. I think at this point that that would be my expectation. Um, the Wizards like both of them. I think they really believe in the core of Bradley Beal, Kuzma, and Porzingis and their track record of keeping these guys has generally been pretty good. You know, um, Davis, Berton, Davis Bertans, <clears throat> excuse me, Davis Bertans, Bradley Beal, Otto Porter, John Wall. They've been able to come to terms with a lot of these guys who have been uh, in some cases very, um, you know, frequently mentioned in trade rumors and very similar situation uh, to Kyle Kuzma and in the case of Porzingis, they've been down this road before where guys can opt out and they've been able to to figure out ways to keep them. So it, it would get very expensive, no question, with Bradley Beal Supermax already on the books. But um, given their track record and their interest, I think they can keep both of them for sure. Yeah, going through some of the lineup data for the Wizards and looking at you know, the three big guys, you got Kuzma in, in his over 1800 minutes is a plus seven and a half. Uh, Porzingis in 1600 minutes is plus five. Bradley Beal in his almost 1200 minutes plus four. And I think like the, the Hawks just fired Nick McMillan and are moving on to a potentially Quinn Snyder. Although I guess we'll see what happens there. And my reaction to that was like, well, yes, there may be some dysfunction going on, but there are some on-court pieces that are working. And I guess maybe just a change in direction could 
elevate those pieces and potentially make that even better. Um, and you look at Washington, I not to put them in the same boat as Atlanta, because I do think um, that there's clearly nothing as as what Wes Ensel Jr. clearly has the locker room, whereas the other situation didn't. didn't. Um, and this is more about injury and actually being on the court. Um, and so I'd be curious to see like if Bradley Beal plays tonight, if that translates again to uh, an opponent the Knicks will have will have trouble with. Um, a player that's not here anymore that was a minus eight in his 730 minutes when uh, he was playing was Rui Hachimura. Um, were you surprised that that move was made? And what has the team been like since that, uh, specifically the guys in the locker room, what's the, the mood been like since he left? I wasn't surprised by the time it happened because uh, I think it was in November. We heard that trade rumor involving the Suns with Jay Crowder. And even though the Wizards ended up denying that, it was a pretty good indication that uh, his name was at least being discussed. And I also wasn't surprised that he didn't get a contract extension in October because he only played half of last year and he put up pretty good numbers. It just didn't seem like financially smart for him to take the money that he could earn then, given he could probably earn quite a bit more if he had a good final season of his rookie deal. But when a guy doesn't get an extension, then obviously that enters the thinking, this guy could get traded. Um, now, I was a little bit surprised if you told me a year before that, that Rui Hachimura would be traded for three second round picks and Kendrick Nunn. Um, but that's ultimately what they got. I think they really wanted to get draft capital and a first round pick wasn't out there for them to receive for him. So they took as many second round picks as they could get. Um, as far as what it's done with the team, um, I was a little bit surprised at the positive impact that it's had on their bench because he was their top bench scorer and their record with him, especially when he scored in double digits, was much better than when he had an off shooting night and when he didn't play. You know, he got hurt uh, about a month into the season and missed about a month and they went uh, three and 13. And so it was pretty clear that that he was a pretty valuable piece of their bench because depth has been an issue for them this season, especially through injuries. But other guys have stepped up. Um, you know, Denny Avdia has really seemingly benefited from the extra minutes and the extra shots that are going around. And when they first made that trade, team president Tommy Shepard pointed out how part of the reason why they did it was to open the door for Denny Avdia. And I, I think a lot of people were skeptical or just kind of waiting to see how that would play out. And it's it's definitely been a thing so far. I mean, I think there's been a positive impact, at least in terms of maybe the vote of confidence that he got from Tommy Shepard seems to really have benefited him. Yeah. The, the, the few games that I've watched of the wizards that weren't against the Knicks, the, the Avdia um, rebounding has stood out a ton and um, look, Mitch Robinson may be back for this game. So I don't know if that offsets some of the advantage that the wizards will have um, on the glass, but you know, I'm, I'm, it's definitely something to pay attention to uh, if this, this matchup actually, if it potentially happens, for over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenbloom.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 
866-610-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as J.J. does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, Knicks fans? Quick break to tell you about ExpressVPN. Now, I want you to think about a time you search for something online that you wouldn't want those around you knowing about. No, not that. Oh my gosh, no, I was not referring to that. I meant something basketball related, like when I'm around Macri and I want to look up how much the Knicks would still owe Tibbs if they fired him tomorrow, or when I'm around Mensa and I want to see how easy it would be to trade RJ Barrett, or when I'm around Jeremy and I want to see what a max contract for Carmelo Anthony would cost in 2023. Well, I know most of you are probably thinking, why don't I just use incognito mode? Well, let me tell you something. Incognito mode does not hide your activity. It doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browser history, your internet service provider can still see every single website you've ever visited. That's why even when I'm at home, I never go online without using ExpressVPN. It doesn't matter what your internet service provider is. In the US, they can legally sell your information to ad companies. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so nobody can see the sites that you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. Most of the time, I don't even realize I have ExpressVPN on. It runs seamlessly in the back 
background and is so easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're protected. ExpressVPN is even available on all your devices, phones, computers, even your smart TV. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by Business Insider. Don't hesitate. Visit this exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash filmschool, and get an extra three months free on a one-year package. Again, that's expressvpn.com slash filmschool for an additional three months free on a one-year package. I want to talk about Bradley Beal because I'm coming at it potentially from an ignorant place where I'm listening to the national chatter around him and um, some of the, the speculation of him potentially one day moving. And yet I've also paid attention to what's come out of Washington and specifically come from him that he loves it there and he wants to just spend the rest of his career there. And he like you could argue that it was that he wanted to, you know, get the, the Supermax and and that was part of his motivation. But I also like at a certain point, you just got to believe a guy when he tells you the same thing over and over again. Um, your your expertise in this area put either something to bed that like he's not available, will probably never leave the Washington Wizards, or you could see like in the right situation in the future. And I, obviously, this is coming off of the heels of what you, what the Wizards went through with John Wall, but like. This is a guy that could potentially leave one day if the situation presents itself. Can't rule it out. I mean, certainly one day. I mean, he's one. He's half a season in, essentially, uh, into a five-year deal, and he's only twenty-nine. So he's mm-hmm. um, hopefully got a lot of years ahead of him in this league. And we know the transience of NBA players, particularly those with control over their their own situation. So I, you definitely can't rule it out long term, but um, not anytime soon. I mean, it, it's funny when. You mentioned that uh, he kind of seems to say the same thing every time. That was my reaction to the interview that he did with Mark Spears, where it was a lot of the same quotes. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. word for word. Like um, if you went back and, and saw what he said before he signed the Supermax, he said very similar things. And even going back years before that, before he signed his last, his last uh, max contract, um, Bradley Beal, I, I think he's grown accustomed to answering the same questions over and over. So he sort of has these stock answers. And so the timing changes a little bit sometimes, but ultimately he is saying sometimes the exact same quotes verbatim. And in this case, certainly the timing is is interesting, or at least it's a little bit different that it it's right after he signed the Supermax deal and the Wizards, even though they've been playing well lately, um, overall this season, if you take a step back, certainly they're probably a little bit below what most expected them to be, or at least slightly below. I thought they'd be a 500 team or a little bit better and they're 28 and 30. Um, but I guess it's a reminder that over time, you know, he's still going to have control over his situation. And if things do go south and, you know, maybe he'll have some agency to, um, to make something about his situation, but he's got the full no trade clause. So he's got a lot of control. And I think the wizards have maintained the same stance for a long time, which is um, they like him. They want to keep him. And if he ever asked out, they would accommodate that. But they have no plans to even entertain that idea because uh, they like what he brings to their team. And, you know, he's played pretty well this season, especially when healthy. And lately, it's been translating the wins. They're 13 and four in their last 17 games. So surely the Wizards are aware of that. And so, of course, they wouldn't want to, um, you know, rock the boat, especially at this moment. I mean, obviously, you can't trade the trade deadline just passed. But you know, right now, it's actually working the plan that they laid out 
and with the pieces they put around him. It's actually working as well as it's worked in a long time. So I think the Wizards are very happy with him uh, as part of that equation. So it's not completely a a one-to-one comparison, but in the mid-2010s, Carmelo Anthony was with the Knicks on a a max contract that uh, Phil Jackson had given him. And consistently like from year two, because the Knicks won like 17 games, year one of that extension, year one of that, not even extension, he re-signed with the Knicks. So in year one of that deal, they won 17 games and drafted Kristaps Porzingis. And from year two on, it was like, well, Phil Jackson wants to trade him. And he was like, I have a no trade clause. I'm not going anywhere. And at every deadline, Knicks fans had to hear from the national conversation like why didn't the Knicks trade Carmelo Anthony why didn't you know he why, why is he still in New York with a team that's going nowhere and it's like he does not want to go and it became a back and forth with him and and Phil which led to a little more chaos which is why you could follow the the breadcrumbs of when Phil Jackson was gone then he approved a trade to Oklahoma City <laughs> but um I guess I can I can empathize a little bit with the the frustration i guess even more so because it's working like when he's playing the the wizards are good with the knicks they didn't have that that excuse of like well when he's playing like when there is a formula here that's working it just the the talent around him never seems to to fit um as far as the on-court version of bradley beal because as i mentioned didn't practice this week might not play in this game although questionable actually might actually assume that he will play tonight um has he looked um if you want to put a percentage on the full version of Bradley Beal, how has he looked on the court given like he's, he's 29, not like late, like into his thirties, but has had a number of injuries that have kept him out. How has he looked on the court um, as far as the percentage of what Bradley Beal can be? I would say above 90%. Okay, I mean, wow. he's, he, he's been banged up this year. Um, so maybe he's not as mobile as we saw him during his best seasons a couple years ago, but the numbers have been really good. I mean, he's shooting a career-high field goal percentage. He's shooting his best three-point percentage in five years. Um, earlier in the season, <clears throat> he had some trouble protecting the ball, particularly late in games. But um, lately, he's been better at that. So I think just considering the efficiency, he's been much better than he's been in quite some time. So I, I think it's just been a matter of him being on the court. And most for the most part, when he's been on the court, even when he comes back from injuries, he's looked good. Um, so I, I don't, yeah, I don't have, um, you know, much to nitpick in terms of his game this year. It's just about um, him staying healthy. Um, you know, defensively, obviously he's, he's not Marcus smart out there. He's not a defensive player of the year, but I think when the wizards have a good structure around him and they have been able to put a lot of rim protection behind him this year with Daniel Gafford and Chris Porzingis in the starting lineup, those guys rate is two of the better rim protectors in the league. Um, he can hold his own out there, especially if he's got some help. You know, at the point guard position, I think Monte Morris has been pretty decent defensively this year. Um, so overall, I think you have to like uh, what Bradley Beal's done for the Wizards this year because they've sort of simplified his role. They're having to play a little bit more off the ball. And the intended effect has been there where he's shooting much higher percentages than we're used to seeing from him. Yeah, so our listeners will will know this stat very well because we quote it a ton here at Knicks Film School, but uh, points per shot attempt, Bradley Beal is in the 91st percentile according to Cleaning the Glass, which, I mean, that's that's elite if you want to put it that way. So when he plays, he remains to have an elite offensive um, ability in, in this league, which could be problems for the Knicks tonight um, when they play in D.C. Um, one of my final questions before I let you go, I'd like to get 
the pers- get the opinion and the perspective of people outside of our little bubble here in New York um, on how they, they view the Knicks and what they're doing this year. Again, the Knicks are currently the sixth seed in the East, although it, it's like a half game ahead of Miami. They've made the Josh Hart trade and look re- rejuvenated. Um, they uh, are ahead of the, the Wizards, although they've played, I want to say, three ga- two games pretty closely um, so far this season. Um how how do you view the Knicks and what they're up to? And as far as a team that's ahead of the Wizards, are they a team that should the Wizards keep this this role going? You foresee the Wizards passing in the future. My perspective is that they're a pretty smartly run team. Um, and wow. I, w- I was a little surprised to see a lot of the moves that they made given the front office path that they chose. You know, it was a little unusual going with, uh, you know, Leon Rose. Um, but they've... Um, made a lot of smart draft picks. I, I think the like Emmanuel quickly finding a guy like that over indexing on a, a draft pick um, like that is a really good sign. Um, yeah. RJ Barrett is a guy who I, I've expected a little bit more from, especially after the first two years, the way he was shooting from three. And so I, I feel like the way he develops is obviously going to determine a lot of, of what they can do moving forward. But the Jalen Brunson acquisition was obviously a really good one. And, you know, one thing just in terms of the style of play about the Knicks that has stood out to me this year, because I know you mentioned the Wizards beat them in New York, but the the Knicks had just beaten the Wizards in Washington. Um, When I was talking to an assistant GM who made a really astute point about the Knicks that, you know, in this day and age uh, in the NBA, you can't really get away with playing physically on the defensive end like you used to in the 90s and the 80s, but you kind of can offensively. You can lower your shoulder. You can really initiate contact. And they have built a team that's really good at that with Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. And I feel like a, a few other players on their team can can play that style. And that's something that sometimes gives the Wizards trouble. And I feel like it's probably going to bode well for them in the postseason. But uh, they're in that range, you know. We anyone who follows the NBA knows, like it's difficult to go from sort of the the middle of the league or the middle of your conference to make that next step. So I'm interested to see what they can do with their draft picks, or if a guy like RJ Barrett can make that leap. Um, I, I think he's got a lot of upside, a lot of potential. I really like um, his style of play and just sort of the archetype of a player that he is. Um, so those are, I think, the things that will determine whether they can make that leap, which is not easy to make, but they've got a lot of first round picks. So the, the, the resources are there for them to do something. Um, I wonder what their off season will entail um, given all those resources. Yeah. We're all kind of wondering what that, that eventual big move is going to, going to look like we thought it was headed toward the Donovan Mitchell sweepstakes, which I guess I should ask you because the wizards are mentioned as a team that was involved in the Donovan Mitchell summer that, that we all went through. What what were you hearing during that that time, and how close or not close was um, the the Wizards? I guess not even close, but how real was the Wizards' pursuit of Donovan Mitchell? I think it was it was definitely real. I think they were one of the teams most serious about going after him. But um, the protections with that first round pick that are owned by the Knicks, I think, made things very difficult for them. Um, and in the case of teams that you know stopped short, that maybe did have the first round picks to offer, like maybe a New York Knicks, um, I think everyone's probably looking at what he's done in Cleveland and had a little bit of regret about not pulling the trigger on that because he's been so good. Um, you know, ESPN just the other day did an interview with like what they called was the future of the league. And it was mm-hmm. four young players and it was John ja Morant, uh, Luka Doncic, uh, Jason Tatum and, and Donovan Mitchell. And I was like, that I thought was another indication of just the year that he's had, but he's been 
so good. And I think he's part of the reason why the Cleveland Cavaliers are, I think, very legit contenders. And um, I, I thought he was going to the Knicks all along. I was surprised when he went to the Cavs, but the Knicks still have those first round picks. So at some point they got to use him, right? Yeah. Uh, we'll see if they use him on a player that plays for the Knicks or whether it's to eventually get somebody here long term. Um, I also will 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 co-sign. I also thought he was going to the Knicks. I will I will say I've I've gone back and forth on the should they or shouldn't they? They clearly tried to, which has more been my judgment of the front office, which I'm overall positive on, on the moves that they've made over the last three years. But in this specific instance, like they tried and failed. So I can't necessarily judge whether I would have or wouldn't have. They tried to and didn't. Um, but I like the, the version of Julius Randle that you were talking about, this 90s style of physical play where the Knicks have built in an offense based on isolation and driving and trying to get to the rim and get these guys downhill. And Julius Randle, I, I don't know if that happens, if there's another high usage guy like Donovan Mitchell in the rotation. I don't know if now like it's a problem I would have loved them to try and figure out, but um, is he a second time all-star? Is, Jul- is Jalen Brunson the version that he's been this year, especially in crunch time, if Donovan Mitchell is here? The Cavs and the Knicks, the two time, the three times that they played this year have actually matched up very well. And the Knicks have won both home games because there's very similar styles of play and it's it's based on isolation. It's based on, on not a lot of some pick and roll, but not a ton of pick and roll. And, you know, you see the breadcrumbs of what could have been. And I guess in Washington, um, you put him, I guess Kuzma would have been the main guy to go out in that deal. And you're basically replacing the, the Kuzma usage with Donovan Mitchell. I think that would have been it. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, I mean, that would have been that would have put them a, a, definitely a tear up, whether with the ceiling on that team, I guess. But I think that's what we're all kind of asking is what that ceiling could have been. And, you know, in the same way that the Knicks would have needed RJ to take a step, although RJ probably would have been in that deal. Um, well, I guess we'll never know. And we'll see what happens with Cleveland in the playoffs and, and what that ceiling eventually becomes. Um, going into this game, before I let you go, uh, what is your expectations for tonight? Do you expect the, I guess it's all kind of dependent on whether Bradley plays or not, but Wizards all healthy. Are you expecting a W against the Knicks? I'll expect a W, yeah, because it's at home. Um, and the one thing I'll be watching is just, you know, you go 17 and 10 uh, into the All-Star break, 10 and 4 into the All-Star break. Can you keep that momentum? You mm. know, especially with Bradley Beal nursing an injury, which, by the way, was surprising because the last game they played uh, was a week ago. And he took over in the fourth quarter against the Timberwolves. He had 17 points to lead them to a victory in Minnesota and I guess tweaked his knee during that game. So um, it, it, you know, they're calling it knee soreness and then it's questionable and it's minor, but if it's already been a week and he's still questionable, it must've been, you know, at least something that was bothering pretty seriously. Um, not a long-term thing, but um, so if, if he doesn't play, that's definitely going to change the calculus, but I'll expect to win just because it's at home and they've been pretty good at home this year. Yeah. That, that stretch, the 13 and four, the 10 and four, the, the 17 and 10 over the last 27, um, that, that should any Nick fan that's looking at this is like, oh, it's the Wizards. They're under 500 should recalibrate their their expectations. This is a team that's played much better when they're healthy. And I guess that will determine, you know, what type of team that Knicks end up playing against tonight. Um, Chase, you've been great with your time. I really appreciate you, you coming on today. Before I let you go, please tell everybody where they can find you and your work on, on the Internet or at large. 
Yeah, you can find my stuff at NBCSportsWashington.com and also uh, hit me up on Twitter at ChaseUseNBCS. And uh, how about Instagram too? Chase DC hey, Sports. There you go. We just started utilizing <laughs> our Instagram more as well. So I appreciate the, the shout out. On I, the I just platform. started like a couple months ago. I'm trying to build that following. So yeah, I check fully, me out there. Can fully relate to, to exactly. the notion. Believe me, I understand. Uh, Chase, you'd be great. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. One more time, a big thank you to Chase for coming on today's show and helping me preview the Knicks matchup against the Washington Wizards. Really gracious with his time on a Friday morning on a game day. So really appreciate Chase for for giving me this opportunity as well as the the insights to the Wizards. And look, I'm not as confident as I was before this conversation that the Knicks would win this game. I will say I think the Knicks are also better the the moment that he talked about that things kind of turned for the Wizards for the better the Knicks also have a moment where things turned for the better so don't be deceived if this game is close or discouraged if this game is close down the stretch these are two teams playing very well when healthy now that is a very big caveat the when healthy because Bradley Bill might not play so I guess we'll we'll see what happens when in this game tonight um with this game tonight happening uh, there are two reasons to be excited. First of all, we like watching this team and we should be excited to watch our basketball team play basketball. But you should also be excited for the Knicks Film School post-game show because Sean with a W and more like Mensa Smith will be making their post-game pod, post-game live stream and pod debuts uh, hosting the post-game show tonight. So tune in for that. Um, hopefully it's a, a celebration and not a commiseration after the game. Um, so tune in, um, as always, on the KFS YouTube channel and all places where we go live. As far as this pregame show is concerned, that'll do it for me. If you dig the show, head over to iTunes, drop a five-star rating and a review. I am currently lo- working on a pregame show for the Pelicans game. It's 50-50 whether it will happen. That That's what I'll say. It's 50-50. Hopefully it happens. I think it will. But we're, we're trending in, in a direction that is not a certainty, but not a, a, a an uncertainty either. So stay tuned for that. Hopefully we can get you a preview of the Pelicans. I've got a ton of questions about that franchise and the direction that they're headed. So hopefully we can make that happen. But until next time, thank you for listening. Enjoy the game tonight, and I'll speak with you soon. Peace.